Hi there. Welcome to Semester 7, Episode 1 of the Ivy Wise Just Admitted podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. This season, we're cracking the code, translating common admissions speak. This means we'll be decoding and defining some commonly used admissions language and terms. I'm Tasha, your host again for this season. I'm an admissions counselor at Ivy Wise, a former international admissions officer at USC, and a former assistant director of international admissions at Boston University. And today for our first episode of the season, I'm joined by Tiffany. Tiffany is a former assistant director of admissions at MIT and former assistant dean of admissions at Colgate University. She's also a premier college counselor at Ivy Wise. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Tasha. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on for this first episode. We're really excited to be uh, kicking off another semester of Just Admit It. And like I said, working on trying to define these commonly used admissions terms. But how are you doing today? How's your summer going? I mean, Tasha, I have to admit it's been a hot one. (laughs) I think everyone across the the world is kind of feeling like they're baking right now. Uh, But my summer was a good one, Uh, just went very quickly. And I'm speaking of it in past terms, because whenever the Common App launches on August 1st, it also feels like an unofficial call to the beginning of application season that kind of takes us into the fall semester. So in many ways, it's been a great summer, but it also feels over. Um, I hope yours has been a great one as well. It has. Thanks, Tiffany. Yeah, it's also been very hot, but a little bit of a break before really kicking off the application season, especially over here at Ivy Wise. Um, So that brings me to today's theme or today's question. Today, we're going to be kind of fast forwarding to define uh, a commonly used admissions term that applies to kind of the last portion of the application process or the admissions process rather. So today we're going to be defining the admissions committee. So what is it, Tiffany? What is an admissions committee? The admissions committee is a word that we definitely use as counselors. Maybe your school counselor has used it as well. Admissions officers will talk about taking your application to committee. Um, But what it is exactly, it's not for everyone, to be honest. It's something that happens at the end of the cycle, the end of your admissions review. So many will be unfortunate enough to make it to that final admissions committee, but that's where a lot of the decisions are made. An admissions um, committee is a setting where admissions officers um, gather together to discuss and review really competitive applicants before making their final decisions. That's exactly it. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's a two word term that sounds very official. It's like you usually think of committees as groups like clubs of people that get together to plan something like the prom committee or the international student committee or something like that. And actually, it's, it's kind of what it is, right? It's a group of admissions officers that get together, split off within the larger office uh, to have conversations um, in a smaller group or sometimes in a larger group uh, and, and make decisions together. So that's kind of where the word committee comes from. Okay, so that's what it is. What is it for? 
I think that the admissions committee is really essential to the holistic admissions process. I'll take two steps back and just remind you that the U.S. is definitely known for a holistic admissions um, process, meaning that we consider not only the hard factors, but your soft factors, not only your grades and scores, but um, all of those special attributes that make you who you are. Those attributes about uh, that might include your contribution to your community, your leadership, community service. Uh, uh, your passions, your interests, all of these various um, talents that you might also include. Um, so the admissions committee is really meant for us to be able to discuss those things. Um, so it's not just your grades and your scores, but the context around uh, your, your classes that you chose to take, how you engage in those classes and things of that nature. It's really a chance to discuss them and understand them. The admissions office uh, it, it really gives the admissions office that is trying to shape an entire class as a whole as they welcome the incoming class of 2027. This one class has, it includes individuals that have certain talents, interests, personalities. And so as a whole, this group is going to make an impact on their campus. But how does the university create this dynamic class as a whole? They also really want to make sure that they're pausing and taking into consideration you as the individual. And so this admissions committee is a chance for admissions officers to balance those two um, interests together. It's a chance for them to understand you as an individual, while also being mindful of how and when they're going to shape this class in the various aspects and personalities that this class should also have. Another reason that we use admissions committees is just to really to keep the, the process fair, balanced, honest, right? It's not a plot from a movie or anything that you've seen. The, the decisions are never made in the dark in a corner by one singular person, right? It, it helps to keep the practice fair and honest um, because the decision is never boiled down to just one singular person. It's truly a conversation, if you will. And because it's a conversation um, amongst different people, different individuals with different perspectives, you as a person, you in your application, it might appeal to two different people or three or four or five or a larger group differently. So it's a chance for you to be appreciated, heard, challenged, um, all in one room in one conversation. So it's really a chance for an admissions office to view the whole group and the whole class, but also you as an individual. It's a chance to discuss and debate to make sure that the decisions are being made equally and fairly, not just swayed by one person's opinion, but it's also an opportunity for you as an applicant to resonate with potentially more than one voice in the room as we debate and discuss and understand your potential um, contributions to the community. Great, Tiffany. That was a really, really great way to synthesize that and super important to remind our listeners about holistic admissions and the holistic review process. And if anyone wants to dig in a little bit deeper and learn more, I highly recommend semester six of this podcast, uh, which was uh, a, a introduction, but also deep dive into holistic review. So we have an episode where we speak about holistic review and the college admiss admissions rubric as a whole, um, and then several episodes where we dig in deep to several different individual factors of the holistic review process. So highly recommend going back to semester six and to some of our older seasons as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, 
But on to the next question, Tiffany, what happens before the committee review process? So as, as we've said, this is the end of the process. We are starting this season by going to the end first to kind of set the scene of where your application might be going um, that you might be getting started on right now. It's the end of the process, but what happens before? At what point in the process do admissions officers actually go to committee? That is a great question. And I really have to emphasize that it is the end. <laughs> right. Um, it is one of the most final steps before um, you are understanding and receiving your admissions decision. It, there are many steps that take place between when you hit submit as an applicant and when or if an admissions officer takes you into committee. Um, so for example, there's the processing and the assembling of your actual application itself. And so many admissions offices will actually use software, and we're, we're a virtual world nowadays, that will capture some really important information on their internal system, on their internal portal that might help sort you or triage you into groups and understanding. So for example, that initial admissions software might capture your grades, your recalculate your GPA. They might capture your highest testing score. If you've reported a highest testing score, they might capture you or sort you into groups such as a specific college that you're applying to, a college of engineering, a college of management, a college of nursing, if you will. So initially you're almost sorted or triaged or grouped. Some initial key factors about you are captured, whether you're an international student, a domestic student, many just actually attributes about you are, are, are captured in an initial and initial review, many times conducted by software. Some universities will will set thresholds, so whether it be a GPA threshold, a, um, a testing threshold, uh, curriculum qualifications or standards that they want you to meet or, or uh, recommendations that they have for a specific college or, or university um, within their program. For example, a university might set a, a standard of having calculus or having a rigorous math course for engineering or for nursing, might have biology as a, as a course recommendation. So these initial reviews or initial uh, flags, if you will, are sometimes automated, but there's definitely a person that will step in at the end um, as you move throughout this process. So the role that these initial reviews and initial sorting takes depends on the university. So for some of your larger, maybe some of your public universities, for example, maybe some of your less selective universities, they really might rely on this computer-generated sorting um, and then have just one reader or uh, two readers, if you will, kind of review each application and make sure that that um, information is correct, but then also select amongst those students who have met an initial threshold. But however, at some of the most elite universities that um, you've worked for, Tasha, that I've worked for, and private liberal arts schools, uh, smaller ones that really take into context or consideration the full uh, dynamic, smaller class or community that they're crafting, admissions committees are definitely still essential in the role of making the decision. Right. So once that initial review has happened where we're saying, OK, you've met some of our basic uh, thresholds, then there's kind of almost a narrowing down, if you will. That's when um, applications generally get a good 
read by that admissions officer. If a university works on a regional plan or regional organization, that means you have an admissions officer that's in charge of your region, of the world, of the United States. Sometimes it's even a state might be broken down into different regions specifically. So a lot of times that there's an admissions officer that's in charge of that specific area, right? Um, that admissions officer that's in charge of your your specific area um, is familiar with your curriculum, maybe your high school, um, regional trends, uh, testing requirements that you might need to meet, standards that you might need to meet. And so this representative is really understanding your region or your area of the world um, very deeply. And so they tend to have a role in the process, whether they are the very first read, that deep read after it initial sorting, or sometimes in some admissions offices, they're the second read, if you will. Sometimes they're the person responsible for presenting you and bringing you to committee. I remind you that GPAs and test scores is certainly a part of the conversation. It can be. It can be the sole reason that you're denied, but at the top universities in the United States, it will never be the only reason you're accepted. Right. So these soft factors, who you are in essence, in context to your environment, your community is definitely something understood and considered um, in reading by the admissions officer. So this is really this this round is what we really call reading the, the application. You're doing that deep read. So once an admissions officer has truly understood um, that after that initial review, um, started to narrow it down, usually by a reasonable representative um, or maybe a first reader, uh, the next thing that they would likely do is maybe assign you an academic score, right? Uh, Remember, GPAs and and testing scores, if you're submitting one, is one part of your consideration of your your application. However, um, admissions offices sometimes internally grant you an academic score or some internal number assessment of how competitive you might be in their pool amongst one of the most, um, excuse me, Amongst some of the most competitive universities in the United States, uh, they're going to give you some kind of uh, number, numeric value to figuring out how competitive and rigorous you are within their application pool. It may not be connected to your GPA specifically, but it might be connected to the rigor of your course load, maybe your your distinctions that you've had in your state, your school, around the nation, internationally. Um, so assigning this academic score, internal academic score, might also help an admissions officer understand just how far and how likely you are to um, face a committee conversation, right? When they're giving you that full thorough read, remember that we've had an initial review, we've narrowed it down maybe by your region, by an admissions officer that understands your context, your environment, where you're coming from. They've also assigned you an academic area, an academic score, some kind of internal rating that helps them understand who you are academically or um, and in their very competitive pool. But there's also room for them to make note of anything special, different, distinctive um, about you. So there's a place, there is a place for an admissions officer to make notes um, around something that stands out. For example, those letters of recommendations, if they accept letters of recommendations, 
and your guidance counselor or your teacher has quoted something very um, noteworthy, uh, the best in my career, one of the most distinctive um, things or attributes about you, it's a, there's a place for an admissions officer to make note of that. So um, there's a place for an admissions officer to make note of all of these uh, anecdotal or softer factors that really impact your academics, impact your school environment, your school community, and everything that you've accomplished. So please don't think it's just grades and scores and they just move on. Um, they're reading those letters of recommendations. They're reading your essays also as well. And so they're making note of anything that and the rest of their colleagues should understand very quickly about you in order to truly like understand who you are, if you will. So all of these steps need to take place before we bring you to committee. Many times an admissions officer, I would would um would be reading these applications, making these notes, preparing for committee for weeks by myself <laughs> in the wintertime. I would very much so look forward to the admissions committee where I get to share these amazing students that I've reviewed with my colleagues, right? So um, initial review, kind of some sort of sorting process, some kind of assessment on, on who you are and the, your competitiveness within our actual application pool, um, any kind of notes about something that would pop out about you. I'd almost say, what is your tweet? I don't think it's Twitter anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, but nonetheless, when it's an initial conversation, when you, there was a character limit, um, if you remember that, maybe I'm speaking to some of the parents out there, but I would say, what was your headline or your tagline, these noteworthy, like little tidbits about you. That's what I was trying to really capture. And I'm culminating all of those things so that the admissions committee can understand who you are in just a matter of minutes or moments because um, the admissions committee can move quite quickly at times. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for that really uh, in-depth description of what goes on before the admissions committee. As we've said, it's really a whole process. And of course, it varies quite a bit from school to school. Um, but the, the, the steps that Tiffany described are definitely on point. And admissions committees are the very, very end of the process. So of course, not every student makes it there. Also, you know, there are different types of admissions committees. It's not like everyone just gets sent to one, one giant bucket. So Tiffany, what different kinds of admissions committees are there or are you familiar with or have participated in? Absolutely. There are definitely different kinds of committees, right? Because as I mentioned before, as we shape a class as a university, we are thinking about how are these students, when joined together, um, really representing leaders of the world and different experiences, right? We want to make sure that our classrooms are filled with vibrant conversations. We want to make sure that roommate peers are, are going to be kind of the spark that launches great interventions, great conversations, great growth um, that we can cheer on our future alums um, as they accomplish and they're establishing their various fields. So that means that we have to pause and make sure that we are considering the various attributes and aspects about you. So there are very different committees that happen sometimes some 
um, simultaneously. They're happening at the same time in different rooms. And sometimes they happen towards the beginning of the process or towards the very end of the process in terms of the order of committee. But different kinds of committees, one might be an international committee, right? We might understand, um, uh, make sure that we're pausing to make sure that we can fully appreciate where you're coming from in the world. There would be admissions officers that are deeply familiar with a region of the world. It might be Asia, it might be Africa, it might be Europe, um, it might be the Caribbean. So different parts of the world. These admissions officers would lead this conversation because A, they may have traveled um, to the region. They may speak the language. They might be very familiar with the uh, cultural values. They might be uh, familiar with G. CSEs and all of your, your government tests, um, maybe government scholarships that are offered. So international committee is a very popular one. It's a very common one that you'll see many universities use. You'll also find different committees for specific colleges within a larger university. Cornell University is a great example for this, as one university actually has several admissions offices and several admissions officers for their specific colleges within their greater, larger university. So when you're applying to a specific college within a, a university, you might be sent to a very specific committee as they think about the students that are entering this specific college. As I mentioned, it might be nursing, engineering, management or business, hospitality and management, a number of different colleges out there within a specific university. You might be incredibly talented in a specific area. I'm thinking of my artists, my musicians at MIT. My role specifically was director of special cohorts. So I was the queen of committees, basically, in some sense. Special cohorts meant that I was in charge of coordinating these students that had um, specific talents or specific attributes that we definitely wanted to consider. One of them would be artistic talent. Right. Um, if you submitted an art portfolio, a performance, um, if you will, uh, we would, would take place. A committee that would take place would also be music portfolios and music considerations. A committee uh, might be centered around music or uh, auditions if you're planning to apply to a school of music. Right. Um, another committee that you might not think about, um, but is definitely related to the admissions process for many universities, would be ROTC right? Um, military placement um, or scholarships, which brings me to my next type of committee, merit scholarships, right? So many universities have scholarships or, or, or programs, honors, if you will, that are very distinctly designed for, um, for a particular group within the larger application pool. So for example, as I mentioned before, it might be ROTC and military scholarships. It might be a service award for one of the, the incoming students with the top commitment to service or dedication. You might have a, a particular view on global politics and be a shaker and a mover in your community. Um, and so merit-based scholarships or just overall scholarships um, might be another committee within committee that the admissions office would be connected to and would identify throughout their application process. So when you're admitted, you're not only admitted, but you might be admitted to these particular programs. It's usually the result of the work of a subcommittee within a larger admissions committee and conversation. 
right? I also just want to mention that there are actually different kinds of admissions committees within an admissions office, right? Tasha, you gave a little bit of a nod to or alluded to the fact that it takes a different formation at every university, right? I've worked for three different universities in the admissions office. I've sat on the um, kind of advisory boards for three or four other universities, and each of them have had their own way of going about the admissions committee conversation. For example, I mentioned before um, at Colgate, when I when I worked for Colgate, we were regionally based, right? Meaning that I had a territory. I was in charge of this, of, of this territory. I traveled to this region. I understood it well. They were kind enough to send me to my home state of Florida. Um, shout out to my very long transcripts from, from Florida. Um, but then when I switched over to MIT, MIT does not work on a regional basis, right? Right? Meaning that your committees, the person leading the committee conversation, was randomized quite often, right? Each group of individuals in your in my committee weren't necessarily experts on one particular area, if you will. They were experts or, or really familiar with the entire region, with the entire United States or with a different part of the world. Um, so it was really a great um, conversation. Other universities will have adopted this um, two people side by side committee conversation, meaning that they they read in tandem connected to someone else. And as they end the, the reading process, they sit between the two of them and they make a decision. Right. And if they're at an impasse, then that application is sent to a third person to break the tie or to an even larger committee. So I just wanted to give a plug or a shout out to the fact that um, there are different kinds of committees, but then there are different formations of committees as well. Wow, you really you really went through all the different kinds of committees. So you can really see the amount of thought and the, the complexity of the process uh, that universities have created through the years have, have tried to make better and better to make sure that they're making the most informed and uh, well thought out decisions possible, getting contributions from many different members of the team, right? How... Is being on an admissions committee helpful for admissions officers to actually make those final decisions? I think it is actually a part of the process that makes us better and stronger as admissions officers. And I'll explain to you why. For example, we become calibrated with each other. For you, the student, right? You wouldn't want Tiffany to be the mean, grumpy person and you were read by her. And then Tasha is the one who skips through the butterflies and loves the birds singing and you're read by Tasha and or your friend is read by Tasha and you have two very different admissions decisions, right? Um, it's a way that we become calibrated, connected, um, really locked in and honed in on our core values as a university. Right. So this admissions conversation is an opportunity for us to learn from each other and to make sure that we're on the same page. 
It's also a chance for me to learn from my peers, right? Dasha has a different background than I do. Um, and I come with my life experiences and my firsthand accounts. Um, we learn through each other's eyes and perspectives. It's also a great place for us to ask each other questions, right? As we, if I have a question about an applicant, I'm definitely going to turn to my admissions committee to understand it further. So I think that the admissions committees help build better admissions professionals and help us make better decisions because we are a connected with each other and these decisions are not made by ourselves in a in a hole in a dark somewhere um but secondly we learn and we grow all of the time and that makes us better able to make decisions and understand who you are and your environment and and where you're coming from and so the committee is definitely the best moment for the admissions office to make sure that these um conversations and these elements are really captured and considered. So I just think that it's one of my favorite parts of the admissions process for sure. Yeah. And speaking of favorite parts, I would love to take a a little trip down memory lane and think about uh, some of your favorite moments. And, you know, I'm happy to share as well about your committee days or um, anything that you're fond of or remember about being in the committee part of the process. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, first I have to set the scene, right? I might have alluded to it already, but I grew up in Florida. I love my warm temperatures. Sometimes this summer was a little bit too much, but I grew up in the warmer weather. And then all of a sudden I am living in kind of Northern states, right? I'm an admissions officer in Colgate, upstate New York, or I'm living in the greater Boston area, working at MIT and um, they are cold states. (laughs) Um, Nonetheless, uh, I would be in my home for months reading applications by myself, right? Going through and making sure that I'm teasing out the most important elements of every applicant. And then all of a sudden, right, the season shifts and then there's committee. I get a chance to present to my friends, right, some of the best students that I've met throughout this these last few months. And so it's kind of almost coming out of my shell, if you will, and being able to enter one room and one conversation. And so it's a really great reunion of admissions officers, of friends, of colleagues that you've missed um, being engaged with and seeing on a regular basis. And so you're usually gathered in one room or in around one conversation celebrating the best, celebrating some some of the key features that make you happy, smile, or might really fit um, and, and excel your university community. But mind you that it's a long process, right? So we do several things in there to make sure that we aren't hangry because I'm a person and I can definitely get hangry. So to be honest, snacks were my favorite part of the admissions process and the admissions committee process. Um, Pouring out the snacks on the table, um, almost like a slumber party, but not so late, Um, but being able to munch and eat. And uh, my snack of choice would be Cheetos, which is such an unfortunate choice. My keyboard would be covered with um, cheese dust all over my keyboards as I evaluated students, discussed students, but also met, made sure that I munched on yummy snacks to be sure that I wasn't hungry or aggravated. Um, the best part about committee is truly av- advocating for some of your favorite students. You know, your admissions officer that reads or is familiar with your application, uh, there are some 
fights, not fights, but just really deep-seated, passionate discussions about students, the missions officers can certainly get in there. And that means that you can have an awesome day in committee and you can also have a pretty tough day in committee, meaning that some of the uh, students that you really loved and really connected with might not have made it to the next round or to that final acceptance because there are real limitations to the size of class or even the um, the ability to say yes to every student. It's just not there, especially at your most highly selective universities. So there are some really great moments in committee that make me laugh and smile. And then there are some really tough ones, right? Where I, as an admissions officer, am personally affected by the admissions committee and the conversation. I trust my colleagues in the decisions that they make. However, sometimes it just didn't go my way either, right? I am just as disappointed about the outcome as you may be as an applicant. So there are some good things um, and there are some difficult days about committee. But at the end of the day, there are some really uh, good memories that will stick with me for years. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that it's funny you mentioned snacks. I think that's my main, <laughs> my main memory is... Uh, having um, a snack wall available uh, for us during the committee process. It was just a wall at the end of a hallway. Um, I think my go-to is typically fruit snacks because they were just enough sugar to kind of wake me up a little bit, but not too much sugar that I didn't crash afterward. But the name of the game is, you know, they is, is stamina, right? They're also in um, February, March, which, you know, for me, I, I was also in the Northeast, it gets dark really early. And so, um, you know, it's really, it was really important for me to, to feel supported by by my office in making sure that I was taking care of myself and that I was um, having all the snacks and, and you know, staying alert and bringing my best self every day uh, to be having these conversations in a focused and, um capable way. Uh, and, and yeah, and to advocate for, for some of my students that I really wanted to, to push for, um, from those many long days of reading alone at my kitchen table in the snowy winter. Um, so, so it sounds like we had some pretty similar experiences, Tiffany. All right. Well, we're winding down and, and I do want to like bring this full circle and, and talk about, you know, how the admissions committee affects our work actually here at Ivy Wise. So Tiffany, can you help explain how IBYs uses this admissions committee model in its own counseling? Absolutely. I love the fact that the admissions committee is not something that goes away. Um, that I, it's something that I have. It's not something that I have to give up. The IBYs um, roundtable embodies this. We call it roundtable, but really, it's a it's a mock um, admissions committee. IBY students are given the opportunity to have their admissions um, materials reviewed multiple times by this mock admissions committee, giving them valuable feedback that they just can't get anywhere else, right? I am an amazing counselor, but I am one perspective. Passing my students work through the admissions uh, uh, roundtable through IBY allows us to get a better feeling of how their message might translate or fare from different perspectives. This allows students an extra layer of support by an entire team of expert counselors, in addition to their personalized one-on-one -on -one counseling that they might get through working with me or working with Tasha and with you.
you as a counselor. So this team-based approach, along with our holistic approach to admissions counseling, has yielded just truly fantastic results. Our IUI students are more likely to gain admissions to the top universities in the U.S. and abroad because of this extra layer of support. It's a really neat feature. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And I agree that Roundtable keeps us in the committee world a bit. uh, So that doesn't have to be a distant memory. But of course, it's a little bit different with a special Ivy Wise touch. And it's something that we get to do pretty much every week throughout the fall as we prepare our students and get them through to our colleagues as well. And that just about wraps up this first episode of semester seven of the Just Admit It podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes on Fridays throughout the fall. And next up, we'll be continuing to translate admission speak, but answering the following question. What's a pointy student? In the meantime, you can catch up on all of our previous episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive admissions process. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover in the next semester, please email us at podcast at ivywise.com. And don't forget to follow us on socials for more resources on the higher ed landscape. You can find us at follow ivywise. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining me on this first episode. Oh, you're so welcome. Of course. So from Ivy Wise, I'm your host, Tasha, and this has been Just Admit It. See you next time.